There will be many books written about COVID-19 and what went wrong. Dr. Amish Adalja could write one of those books. Adalja is a senior scholar at the Center for Health Security at Johns Hopkins University. Before this pandemic, I'd always said, this is a really good opportunity. And I was trying to pitch myself to some people saying, you know, I'm a consul- I, I can consult you on, on how to think about pandemics. And most people are like, well, why would we even worry about that? I mean, those aren't going to be that. They're not going to disrupt our business. But, but I think that now everybody sees how important it is to think about a sustained disruption because of a pandemic. Hi, I'm Irene Silber. Dr. Adalja was the featured speaker at a recent Vanguard Network Forum for the Life Sciences. He talked with Ken Banta, founder and principal of the Vanguard Network, about what went wrong and what needs to happen when there's a next time. Could you start out by just telling us how you uh, got to your position of uh, epidemic expert? Uh, where, where did you start out and, and what was the journey? Sure. So. I- when I went to medical school, I was very interested right away in the intersection of infectious disease with politics and national security. I got very interested in reading you know, books about <clears throat> outbreaks of Ebola and the origins of HIV. All of that detective work was really fascinating to me. And I went to, I went to medical school and residency and fellowships all with that in mind that I was going to work in, within, within my niche in infectious disease. It was going to be pandemics and epidemics because I thought these are uh, events that have major cascading impacts that impact all of society that you have to know not just the medicine but the geopolitics the sociology the anthropology the geography all of that plays a major role so to me that was kind of endlessly fascinating because it had so many different facets to it and uh, what happened kind of serendipitously I, is I, I'm from Pittsburgh I'm talking to you from Pittsburgh I was at the University of Pittsburgh at that time uh, and they ended up uh, purchasing the center for what was in the center for biosecurity from Johns Hopkins, which was the major think tank dealing with these issues. And as a second year infectious disease fellow, I basically spent my entire year there. And that was in 2008, which you remember was followed by the pandemic year of 2009. <clears throat> so I got to really be enmeshed in that. And that gave me kind of a, a bird's eye view of what it's like during a pandemic, the intersection of science and policy, where all of the, the gaps are, where things falter. The world seemed to be taken by surprise by the, the pandemic and uh, all the impacts, but uh, there have been a couple of uh, reports now that say it all could have been averted uh, with faster, better responses at the beginning, particularly by WHO, but uh, WHO, but maybe others as well. What do you think about that? This pandemic wasn't surprising to many of us in the field. We knew that there were, we were ripe for a pandemic, that there were many conditions in, all over the world that argued that another pandemic would occur. And the 2009 H1N1 pandemic was basically us getting lucky because it wasn't very severe in terms of case fatality ratios. But that, the fact that a, coronavirus, a novel coronavirus emerged from China, likely from bats through some intermediate animal and caused the worldwide pandemic is not, not surprising to anybody. I think what was surprising is that, you know, as someone who talks in this field a lot, that all of our reports basically were ignored, shoved in desk drawers, probably gathering dust, and people sort of did their own thing without actually following the best practices or actually going in defiance of the best practices. And that, that's what, to me, was the most surprising, was when you look at the way the United States was ranked as the most prepared country, that how bad everything went. And I think that was really politics, and, and, and it really... Um, underscored to me the need to not only have a very robust plan and, and foresight in, in public health infrastructure and scientific response, but if you don't have the leadership to execute that, then all of that is for naught. And I think that's, that's the biggest su- surprise to me. 
if you watched me early on in the pandemic in January and February on television, I thought the U.S. would handle this fairly well, like on the model of Taiwan. I thought we would be able to meet cases. We would be able to get the private sector involved in testing. We would be able to test, trace, and isolate early on before this spiraled out of control, because I knew this wasn't going to be something that was eradicable or eliminable. I thought we're going to just move to the ability move to a, a paradigm where we protect the more vulnerable, get a vaccine going and just really go about our lives because we'll have so much testing available that we'd be able to control this. But it's the exact opposite of what happened. I was looking more at Taiwan where their vice president is an epidemiologist and our vice president was not uh, when, when, when this happened. So I think that to me is the, is the biggest surprise. And I think we have a chance now to get it right because everybody sees how bad it can get if, if these kind of snowball effects of bad decisions a year ago, uh, how, how they're still affecting us now. Amish, if you were a CEO or C-suite leader, one of the people here today, um, what would be the most important to do to do uh, for you coming out of this for the future? I think the biggest to do is to realize that emergency management pandemic response is not something that you can kind of silo away in some building where they don't, where you don't meet with those people and only worry about it for like very uh, in very limited occasions when there's a hurricane or, or whether there's a tornado or something like that. This is something you need to really value. And suppose you're, if, you're a, if you're a CEO of a hospital or a healthcare system, you really need to bring emergency management into the C-suite and have them in part of every discussion because what, what happens is that this ends up not being something that's valued. And then when there is a crunch, everybody is kind of scrambling, trying to figure out, do we have enough PPE? What is our staffing model? How do we decide what, what types of surgeries to postpone, which ones not to? All of that needs to be done, not, not like in some plan that no one has ever seen, but this needs to be part of the discussion all the time. And that, that it's not just true for hospitals. It's also true for any type of business, thinking about how you're going to to pivot during a pandemic where there's major disruptions. So a lot of the time during the pandemic, I got hired to be a consultant to some biotech companies, not, not because to talk to them about the pandemic, but just help them with their HR issues because they didn't have anybody that could think through these issues. And I think that, that, that's, that's been a lost opportunity that emergency management hadn't been valued very highly. So that when there's something like this happening, they don't even understand, you know, how do we get, how do we keep our, our business continuity going? All of that uh, to them, I think was very surprising. And it's interesting because before this, I had, before this pandemic, I'd always said, this is a really good opportunity. And I was trying to pitch myself to some people saying, you know, I'm a consult I, I can consult you on, on how to think about pandemics. And most people are like, well, why would we even worry about that? I mean, those aren't gonna be that, they're not gonna disrupt our business. But, but I think that now everybody sees how important it is to think about a sustained disruption because of a pandemic. And that's what I would, that's what I would tell CEOs that you've got to think of this, not as like a cost center, but part of your, operations, part of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. You've got to be thinking about this all the time because it, maybe it's not a pandemic, maybe it's a weather emergency, maybe it's some kind of political instability. All of that's going to be something that's really important for you to continue your operations in any field, whether you're in biotech or whether you're a, a manufacturer of automobiles, all of that's going to be really important. I think it's not something appreciated and, and people think this is something that only happened in, in 1918, not 2021, but it did. You've said, uh, I think, in, in some uh, interviews uh, elsewhere that um, pandemics are, are very different from other crises and need to be approached uh, differently. You, maybe you touched on that a bit with the issue of planning, but are there other aspects of this that needs to be addressed? And um, maybe part of that is, um, do you think that pandemics are going to become more frequent for any reason? And, uh, you know, some people regard these as a black swan event, but maybe it's more of a white swan event. 
I don't think that, I think that pandemics occurred, it's hard to know exactly, there's no cyclicity to them. It's not as if, oh, we had a pandemic in 2020, so that means we're not due for one for this many years. That, that's not how infectious diseases work. So I think that <clears throat> we have to continue to prepare, not to, and, and remember, it's, pandemics are like the worst case scenario. There's going to be infectious disease emergencies that are going to occur and that are still occurring. We've had multiple, we've had at least two Ebola outbreaks during the COVID-19 outbreaks. It didn't make the headlines, but they, they occurred. So I, I do think that what you're going to see is infectious disease emergencies become more frequent as we've got the rise of megacities, as international travel comes back online and people can go from one part of the world to the other, as we've got pockets of vaccine hesitancy, not just for COVID-19, but for other other vaccines as well and and you've got a lot of unrest you've got refugee movements all around the all around the world all of that is going to make infectious disease something that's important and if you were so with Ebola I think it's important to remember that there were certain companies that really had to pivot for example I think Firestone in Liberia really did a lot of a lot of interesting stuff to try and control Ebola there so it's not just about pandemics even a regional outbreak is something you have to think about uh, or you know malaria with marathon oil in the Central African Republic all of the, those types of issues, I think, are, are going to become more and more common as we become a as we are a global society, as we see population centers increase and population density increase, and as you see, basically more interaction with animals and animal viruses. I think there's there's many things on my list that could turn into an infectious disease emergency and in the right circumstances become another pandemic. So I think it's important that we think that there's not some kind of that you can kind of set a clock to it and say, okay, we're good for another seven years. The fact that public health is something that's been neglected decade after decade through through Republican and Democratic administrations, I think, is one that we have to really focus in on. Because if you don't have a public health infrastructure, you will not be able to test, trace, isolate. You will not have enough contact tracers. You will not be able to meet cases as they come. And I think this is something we really have to focus on because public health, their core, they're not able to do their core mission. And if you walk into a public health agency now in 20, 2021, not the CDC, but a local public health department at a city or county level, it probably looks the same almost as it did in the 1950s. Things, pen and pen, paper, maybe some fax machines, very antiquated. And I think we can't have that type of public health system if we're going to be able to, to, to meet the new threats of the 21st century. And I think the public health also has to increasingly be integrated with health systems, with primary care physicians. And I think that's what we have to really focus on because if we don't have a public health system, we will the same thing will happen again and again. And what happens is public health goes through these cycles of boom and bust or panic and neglect. When things fall out of the headlines, people stop funding public health. And, and I think we're all the worse off for it. And, and no politician every you know campaigns on how many cases of gonorrhea didn't happen in my city or how many cases of all the congenital syphilis cases it's not something that's flashy to them it's not something that they value and i think we've got to get we've got to to to, to fix that that type of uh that type of approach and, and hopefully people now see the value of it because it, it was mind-boggling to me during the pandemic that we had the summer surge we had the winter surge and and people scratched their heads out out of it but it wasn't a surprise because there wasn't any contact there wasn't there was, none of the states actually hired the contact tracers needed to keep up with cases they would rather shut things down than actually do the work of hiring contact tracers and, and being having a robust public health system that was dr amish adalja a senior scholar at the center for health security at Johns Hopkins University, talking with the Vanguard Network's Ken Banta at a recent forum for life sciences leaders. Vanguard forums are just one of the membership benefits of the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silbert. 
Thanks for listening. <laughs>